welcome to Cinemaholics. You're listening to our review of Locked Down, which is an excerpt from our full episode 203. This episode is hosted by Will Ashton, Abby Olchesi, and myself, John Agroni. To watch and listen to Cinemaholics live every week, follow us on YouTube. The link is in the description of this review. Enjoy the show. Now, in our One Night in Miami review, well, Ashton, you mentioned, you know, it's, it's hard to top that ensemble, but can Anne Hathaway and she would tell Edgy afford do it with Stephen Merchant, Mindy Kaling, Lucy Boynton, Ben Stiller, Ben Kingsley, I, and a few others. I, I probably well, can't even remember. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a film where we're trapped in one room with a bunch of people we want to spend yeah. time with, whereas <laughs> Lockdown is where we're trapped in a room with a bunch of people we don't want to spend time with. Not, so. not, not to the actors themselves. We're not like making sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a new COVID movie. Uh, it was filmed during COVID. It's kind of about COVID, as Will has mentioned. Uh, it's a romantic comedy heist film directed by Doug Lyman. So this is kind of like the first major, like coronavirus movie like directed by a pretty well-known director like somebody that definitely brings people out to see his films you know uh, edge of tomorrow is uh, Ed- american made last couple films he's done that i think we've uh, noticed but uh yeah this one uh, was written by stephen knight as well which uh, definitely gives a little bit of curiosity i think for a lot of people who are a fan of his work as a screenwriter so as i mentioned anne hathaway she would tell edgy for we uh we have a, a romantic comedy with them that kind of turns into a heist movie. What's this one all about, Will Ashen? Yeah, so like you're saying before, we're, we're following. Uh, I think this was around like March or April of the pandemic. Uh, basically, London is on lockdown at this point. And, I think it's probably uh, May. It, it feels like it they've. It feels like they've been doing this for a while. Maybe it is April. Like, yeah, it's not quite I mean, the summer for sure. Yeah, I mean, the movie makes a point to establish that like time just is like fleeting at this point. It doesn't like. Yeah. It's, it's hard to know like which I guess is fitting, but it, it does make it hard to pin down exactly when this is supposed to be. But um, basically, we're following uh, two fairly affluent uh, couples, like who are, uh, if not separating, like on the verge of separating at this point before the pandemic caused them to be bunkered in their very lavish home that they, they tend to undersell for whatever yeah. re- weird reason throughout the oh, film. We're locked down in this huge, spacious, right. you know, fully amenitied, you know, work from home jobs, right. you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm getting paid to not have to work. Yeah. That's so like very relatable. Yeah. It's like th- what, three floors and they could just like, I, I feel like there wouldn't be a yeah. movie if they just, each had like a, a floor garage. to themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if they, you know, you know, but oh well. In any case, yeah. Um, uh, Anne Hathaway is a uh, high profile, like, um, I don't exactly know what business they're doing, but uh, she's like, if not Who a CEO, knows? like, yeah, like, if she's not a CEO, she's like close to it. And then um, she's a CEO. Chuyato, yeah. Of like a fashion Chuyato, thing. Right. Something like that. And then Chuyato Edgia Ford is a uh, formerly convicted criminal who's like trying to get his life back in order. And uh, obviously, like his record is preventing him from really flourishing. But he does find this new job where he's basically a driver. And uh, basically that 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 forms. I don't know if this is a spoiler to say, but like a uh, heist plan that that follows through uh, later in the film than I anticipate, because I was told early on, or at least like from the like uh, previews and stuff that like the heist was like the general plot of the, the film. But it's for the most part, like kind of like a like Nancy Myers Pache that just like eventually becomes like a half ass uh, heist movie in the last like 45 minutes, which is 
from a plotting standpoint, very bizarre and uh, certainly not the least of the movie's problems. Yeah, it's weird because like literally you have like Anne Hathaway from The Intern from like part of this movie. Then you have Anne Hathaway from like Ocean's 8 for like the last part of this movie. Right. And it just it's it doesn't quite. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Uh, I forgot to mention, I don't know if we said this, this is on HBO Max. So it's pretty easy to, to see this one. And uh, I the first review I saw for this was very positive. So I was like, oh, you know, and, and a lot of people have been talking about this. And then so like Abby Chessie was like, OK, guys, what are we watching this week? And I was like, I mean, I, f- I feel like lockdown is is uh, pretty, you know, I, it's a can't miss. Like, you know, we got to, you know, good or bad. And so Abby was like, OK. And I was like, totally up to you, Abby. We, You know, you don't have to watch lockdown. And she was just like, I'm being forced to watch this film by John and Will. <laughs> But uh, Abby, you'll test me. I apologize. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry I got so aggressive with you guys. But I really no, no, no. This. <laughs> Being facetious. Um, but yeah, so uh, tell, us, tell us how much you liked uh, Lockdown, Abby. Uh, um, the movie, not just, the event that happened. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to like parse this through in ways that doesn't just make it sound like a like a horrible takedown. Um, I, I feel like... Maybe this this isn't strictly true because I was just talking about uh, how much I want to watch Host, which is set entirely on Zoom. Um, like, I think that there are ways to creatively address the kind of communication issues and communication requirements that that so many of us are living with right now. Um, but in terms of, I don't know, reaction to pandemic living, I almost feel like it's going to take a little more processing for us to get actual great art out of this um, instead of what we're getting at least on a like a major film level um and this really to me smacks of something that was thrown together very quickly with very little thought the zoom conversations focus so much on like the the audio ticks and things that go wrong when like that happens to me on zoom maybe i don't know about half the time i guess like definitely not every single time to the point that this that this movie seems to be following which makes it very annoying to listen to most of those conversations um a lot of those conversations feel like memorized monologues um and it also kind of gives off a vibe of kind of bored celebrities who are trying really hard to be edgy and seem to have found an opportunity that allows them to do so um remember that imagine video this is like the uh the the more um not emo cousin of that video, but like the uh, the frustrated bit. rich cousin, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like that. There's a there's a moment when uh, Anne Hathaway kind of rage dances to uh, Adam Ant in the garden of her really nice house, and it's just I I don't know. It just it feels so forced to me. Like it just doesn't. And there are so many other things that are alluded to about these characters and their shared experience together that really don't make sense with how those characters are played. Um, like we talk about. Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor's character Paxton, his background as like a biker and his kind of criminal infraction thing. Yeah. That also is a heroin addict. Issue. Also, yeah, it's like Mad Libs with his character. All of these things. Like, yeah, all of these things. And I mean, we've seen characters with difficult past being portrayed compassionately on screen, like, for example, Sound of Metal, which we were talking about earlier. And Chiwetel Ejiofor gives off absolutely no vibe of that. He feels like a like a well-heeled drama school grad in the way that he performs this and the way that he performs these definitely memorized monologues. He definitely strikes Um, as somebody who did LSD once and then tries to make it sound like he had like an addiction, like in college. And like, there are some funny bits that come in like that one time that they were pagans for a bit and the goat was his totem. Like, I find that funny. I definitely don't see that applying to him. Um, It just, it doesn't really seem authentic to the character. 
uh, Linda, Anne Hathaway's character, some of the things we learned about her doesn't seem authentic to the way that Anne Hathaway is playing her, um, as which she looks as like somebody who has had a successful career and money all of her life instead of having like wild days and one time when she went to Sturgis. Like neither of these people have ever been to Sturgis. It's clear. Um, and yeah, it just there's so much about it that rings false to me. The uh, the called in cameos feel like just kind of quickie bits from like people calling in favors, which I guess is fine. It seems unnecessary. It was more entertaining than anything else, I think, in this movie. For yeah, me. <laughs> like, oh, like, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, like somebody pops up and like, oh, Clay's bang. I like him. I'd much rather watch something else that he's in for a longer yeah, period of time. Yeah, it's like when this. you have a conversation um, with someone you want to end and somebody else shows up and you're kind of like, oh, thank goodness. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Save yeah, me. I forgot how much I like the square. I'm going to go watch that. Um, so anyway, those are all the things that I I, I don't know. And in addition to the fact that I, I find Paxton and Linda to be extremely unlikable people, um, it's the once we get to the heist portion of this, it's a little better i guess in that like we've we've changed setting so there's some there's some stuff changing um there are a couple of like third act occurrences that don't need to be there i feel like they're there just to kind of complicate things a little bit um unnecessarily and i don't know i think it it ends far too neatly it just it feels like kind of a whim that got financed somehow and made into a movie mm-hmm. and we were told that it could potentially be timely and there was nothing about it that rang true for me so those are i think literally all my thoughts on that movie i think i think yeah what you're saying is true i think they rushed it they were like we have to put this out before it becomes like too late because i think at this point like the the mood of that period of lockdown is very different from the mood of like the lockdown right now because right now most people don't seem to be locked down really anymore like there's a lot of people who are staying home and everything, but like things have changed. Like, like I think uh, right now we're dealing with like the virus is like running rampant across the UK and the United States and people have just like given up on locking down. So like I get the sense that they're like, well, we got to release this movie because, you know, the like, script has flipped. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, I, I have I have two main things with this movie and then we can we can uh, move it to you, Will, but. I, I think my, my main thing with this movie is like, I, I, I don't think it's terrible or anything like it's, you know, it's I think it's more embarrassing than anything else. Like, I think it's just so revealing of like the two pandemics that people went through of like the pandemic that rich people faced and celebrities and Hollywood actors faced is so ridiculously different from like what everybody else face and they just don't seem to be aware of it. There is no self-awareness of like these people's problems and how like they're you know, inconveniences during the pandemic were exponentially more challenging for us, for like people. And and we're pretty privileged compared to a lot of people who've had it way worse than I have. And so like, I can't help watching this movie just be like, yeah, like you said, it's like a whim of like, they just came out with a script. Like, this is the kind of script that like, they would have revised it and like, okay, just get rid of the heist thing or start the movie when there's 45 minutes left and start it there and like, just fix the setup so that it's not you know, all these things can be ironed out. And also let's like rework the script so that it's not so tone deaf. But none of that happened because I think they wanted to rush this thing out because they wanted to make a just gimmicky COVID movie that, you know, has like the, <laughs> it just it just has the humanity of like a, a wrung out sponge. So yeah, I, I think this movie is, it, again, it's not technically terrible. Like there's scenes and there's dialogue and it's not great or anything. It's you know, it's all just pretty average. But I think what pushes this thing to below average for me is that its subject matter couldn't be more uninteresting, especially at this point in time. 
Um, but yeah, Will, uh, are, are you the lone defender of this movie? Unfortunately not. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, I, I guess I'm trying to be a little nice this film because I understand that um, they had enormous challenges, not only with the production of it, but just like, like you were saying, like getting a movie uh, made and finished and released about COVID in a timely manner. But there's also something that just feels very cynical about making a movie about the COVID experience because like, like when are you going to release this? Like it's a terrible time to release it now, but you can't release it later because like it'll be even more outdated at that point. So it's like, who is this movie even for at this point? Like, is it for, like you said, like the like affluent people who have been stuck at home and just like, aren't used to having to spend time with their significant other that they don't love anymore. Is it like, like what? But um, at the end of the day, I think, it's just a rush script that just doesn't really know what it wants to do because like, I think if they wanted to make a like dark comedy slash romantic, maybe anti-romantic comedy about being stuck with a person that you no longer love in your apartment, like that's a fine idea for a movie. Like I, I think you'd have to have someone like Noah Baumbach do it. Um, I don't think Doug Lyman is a particularly well-versed comedy uh, director just based on his past experience but um if you wanted to do something like that fine you know like i i, I know true you tell edgy for and and hathaway are very dependable actors i mean i know and hathaway is like doing capital a acting in this but i think it's a little bit more endearing than what she did in the witches personally but um yeah i i think for me like i, I guess where i'm gonna push back is that like i could not stand any of the skype scenes like the skype scenes were yeah, so they... worse yeah yeah i think like it it rang of like oh the worst thing these people have to deal with is bad connection. <laughs> it's just like I, I like like Abby was saying like all it felt false like oh you're in Italy I heard it's really bad over there like yeah we're doing this it's like yeah it just feels like so telegraphed and like you know pandering at this point that uh, like you're saying John it's just like I I, I just found it to be uh, so out of touch with reality and like what people are actually dealing with and talking about in these discussions. And also just like, there's nothing cinematically or visually interesting about watching Skype conversations. Like I, I thought host was fine. Like, I think that movie did a little bit better uh, stylistically also because it's a lot shorter than this film, but I just like, I just don't really care about watching Skype calls. I'd rather movies, if they're going to continue making movies like this in the future, just please don't do that <laughs> because I was yeah. more in, I was personally more into the film when it was just like, you know, two characters talking about their problems, which I do think like I, I am not a fan of Anne Hathaway's character, but I think she did it. She, her performance was fine. I, I actually do think Chuita Echifor did a pretty good job, especially considering that apparently the film was shot in I think like 11 days or maybe like 18 days. And they like, they like were so rushed in production that they had to like basically pull Marlon Brando and like tape lines around the set so they could know what their lines were. <laughs> Uh, which, I mean, I, I didn't really get that feel throughout. So I guess that's, you know, credit to them as actors that they could uh, move past that shortcoming. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, I just I, just, I, I found it to be pretty intolerable because like we're saying, like if it's going to just be a like anti-rom-com about people in pandemic, that's fine. If you're going to make like a lazy heist movie, like it, it breaks the main rule of heist movies, which is that they, they tell you what the heist is. And then, like, when you do that in the film, it's like, oh, okay, so surely it's not going to go that way because there's no driving conflict if everything just goes exactly as you said. But yet, that's pretty much exactly what happens in this film. So it's like, then what's the point? Like, if you were just going to tell us what's going to happen, why? I don't know. It just feels very much like you're saying, like, a first draft of a screenplay 
that they just rushed into production because they wanted to get this film made as quickly as possible. And in that respect, it does feel fairly artless and cynical. Like I was saying, like it just doesn't, it feels like a movie that's uh, capitalizing on this point in time and not really commenting on it and anything that's actually involving the conversation or actually bring, you know, perspective to something that we've all been lived through and have a share experience with. And uh, in that respect, uh, yeah, I just, I didn't really find too much to enjoy with this film. All right. Uh, it sounds like you're ready to say your final grade. Mine, I'm a C minus. Uh, just yeah, I think it was basically a C movie, but it, yeah, it's so out of touch that I I bump it down to C minus. But what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a C minus, verging on a D plus. Uh, like I said, I think because I enjoyed the two performances, like I didn't really like the characters all that much, but I think the performances are good, and I, I do think there's enough like kind of back and forth there that I was able to uh look over a lot of the film shortcomings. But at the end of the day, like I. I don't want to revisit this film. I don't I didn't really get a lot out of the experience of watching it. And uh, pretty much by the end, it's, it's fairly intolerable. And also the movie's mask kit is just awful. <laughs> but it's, it's a minor thing in the scheme of things. Yeah. Like, no one in this movie knows how to wear a mask. And it's like, well, I think how, it's because yeah. it was probably like you were saying, like, they were filmed it, filming it so early in COVID. We didn't really have a lot of the mask stuff figured out, if I recall, around that time. Maybe. I don't know. But in any case, that's just something that stood out to me watching it. So, yeah, I'd give it a low C minus. All right, Abby. What about you? Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm 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 D plus territory on this. It's really low. Um, I I kind of agree with what all of you have said. It feels really out of touch in terms of like what people were actually dealing with going through pandemic stuff. Um, I think it's underthought, underdeveloped, underwritten. Um, and it's another thing that I mean, I don't know that this necessarily had any hope, but um, like. Stephen Knight, who wrote the script, like wrote and directed Locke, which takes place within a single car. So like he can do a closed set film. Um, Like that's not outside the realm of possibility. In fact, it is probably one of the only unequivocally great things that he is credited as having done when you look at his his filmography, which is kind of shaky. But it's and 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 Lyman is like he's I I think kind of starting to get more better regular recognition now as somebody who's really good with action. So perhaps the issue here is I don't know injecting the romantic comedy status. Like I think there's a possibility to do something really interesting here, but it just feels like every step along the way was the wrong step to take. Um, yeah, agree. So yeah, there's I think there's potential in that premise. I think we could definitely see some interesting stuff come out of the pandemic when it's given like when the idea is given some room to breathe and some some thought but i i think in the in the race to be like new and sharp and timely i think all of that just kind of fell flat on its face yeah i mean to quote ian malcolm from jurassic park they're so caught up in whether or not they could make <laughs> yeah, a movie okay. about COVID that they didn't figure out whether or not they all should. right <laughs> there it is there it is yeah exactly. you know this this movie it's only eight minutes longer than one night in Miami. To me, it felt 80 minutes longer. Oh, yes. I kept pausing and being like, this has got to be wrapping up. And it would be like, no, John, you're not even halfway done. You still have over an hour left. Um, that kept happening throughout this movie. Um, I'm yeah. sorry, Abby, that, you know, Will and I forced you under contract yeah, to watch this movie. <laughs> How dare you? Pressured your hand into it. Um, I think, though, hey, maybe a silver lining is, I know for me, I have been telling people, because people were telling me they wanted to see this, and I have been telling them, do not. You will most you likely go. not like it, and you'll most likely find it really, like, just galling. Uh, particularly, there's a suicide joke in this that really pissed me off. I, oh, yeah. I was, like, furious at, like, how light they made of that, considering, like, what people have been going through. Like, that's a real thing. That. Huh? I forgot about that. 
I, I was I genuinely at that point considered turning it off like I would have if like I hadn't already said <laughs> I would I, I would have felt guilty if, like Abby had been like John forced me to watch this you know under threat of like against my cats and then he ended up not watching it himself um, no I would never threaten your cats Abby they're important thank you I appreciate it <laughs> okay well that's lockdown uh, a conversation I think that ended up being as weird as the movie itself perhaps but uh, I will say yeah I don't want to hear anyone complain about the fight scenes in Marriage Story ever again after watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, oh, good point. Like, if, you, if I hear anyone complain about this, I'm saying watch Lockdown and, yeah. and come back to me. That's what I say. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice. Mine is Overcast. Or find us on YouTube, where you can stream our weekly episodes live for even more banter and weird film takes. See you all next time.